Welcome to the Swine Health Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine health research digested for you. Swine Health Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like... At JBI, we apply biosecurity innovation and expertise to keep your operations safe. SCA Ventilation and Management Solutions, made for farmers by farmers since 1966. Beringer Ingelheim, through innovative solutions, cutting-edge research, and world-class experts, Beringer Ingelheim helps producers operate with complete confidence. Learn more at swineresource.com. My name is Dr. Clayton Johnson, and I'm the host of today's episode. Joining me on today's episode is Dr. Rachel Patton with our team here at Carthage Veterinary Service. Rachel, welcome to the podcast studios. Hello, nice to be here. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, Rachel, uh, you and I have got to spend more time probably than you wanted to this week with me. So we're very (laughs) well acquainted. But for maybe some people in the audience that haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, please give the audience a bit of an introduction. All righty. Well, as Clayton said, my name is Rachel. Um, I am a recent graduate from Ohio State University. I actually completed my undergraduate there along with my DVM. Um, While I was in vet school, I actually completed an internship with Carthage in the summer of 2020, uh, which is actually where I completed the research that we're talking about today. Excellent. And uh, Rachel, as I recall, your research was focused on the topic of uh, Lawsonia intracellularis, a bacteria that causes the disease ileitis. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly a disease that can cost pig producers a lot of loss performance through poor feed conversion, even mortality in some situations. And, you know, anything that impacts feed conversion impacts the bottom line for pig producers, and especially with feed costs the way that they are right now. That's of a lot of interest. Um, would you mind talking to us a little bit, Rachel, about um, kind of the, uh, the origin for the idea, you know, of working on ileitis in your specific project? Yeah. So like you mentioned earlier, um, Lasonia can cause a issue primarily in like our grow finish pigs. And so the data that exists or prior to this research was pretty sparse with how Lasonia is being shed and if the sows are playing any role in that. And so my, the doctors that kind of helped me with my research project, that was something that they wanted to investigate because it hadn't been investigated prior. And so my research was primarily focused on the commercial sow side of things. And so we ended up going to three different farms that were of similar health status. And they um, were all about five to 6,000 sow head um, farms. And they all received gilts from different, um, different sites. So those were replacement gilts were from different sources. And so primarily the goal was to, we assessed three different samples. And so the first set of samples were from sows in the farrowing house. And so I went in to the youngest farrowing um, rooms and collected fecal samples from 60 random sows. They just had to meet the criteria of having a farrowed within the past five days. And so I collected like five to 10 grams of feces digitally and sent those off to be analyzed. And those were analyzed using PCR. And so after collecting the fecal samples from the sows, I went back in right before those pigs were weaned and actually collected environmental samples. 
And I really was focusing on the creep area. So where those piglets were um, primarily defecating and we're getting little like Swiffer pad samples. And those were also analyzed using PCR. And the last part of the research was going into the gestation barn and randomly selecting sows or gilts um, and drawing blood for them and using ELISA serology from the blood that we collected from them. And so what we actually ended up finding was that one farm had sow fecal matter that was testing positive on PCR for Lasonia. And then we also found. I think it was all three, yeah, all three farms actually were testing positive on their environmental samples via PCR for Lasonia. And then the last component of the research, which was the blood, they, the, we expected to see positive serology because those pigs were vaccinated for ileitis at the time of weaning. And so we expected to see antibodies. And what we actually found was that Two of the farms did not have the 60 of the 60 testing positive. Actually, two of the farms had like two to three samples that were not of enough value to, to be positive for antibodies, which was very interesting because it poses a lot of questions of whether or not we should revaccinate our sows um, while they're in the commercial setting. And um, yeah, so it was it was a great project because we didn't know what we were going to find when we started the project. We had no idea if we were going to find it from the sow or in the environment. So the fact that we found it was was rather exciting for me and the doctors that we were I was working with. What can you take home, Rachel, about sow shedding based on all the diagnostics that you've done? Is the sow shedding something that uh, we can presume happens all the time, some of the time, none of the time? Can you make any conclusions there? It's a great question, and I think it's something that we would have to do more research on. Um, we really wanted to focus on that peripartuant stage of the sow because that's where the sow could be exposing the piglets, you know, rather than fairing prey, and it's that the piglets are interacting with that sow. Like that is the most time they're going to get the exposure, and so that's probably the most critical time point that would be the most important to be sampling for Lasonia. Um, it definitely would be an interesting thing to investigate. And are we shedding more in the winter time or the summertime? Um, but that would just it's just another further point of investigating that we would need to do. Lawsonia is not something that we do a lot of um, routine monitoring on in the finishing pigs. Do you think it's possible, Rachel, to create populations of finishing pigs that are truly naive for Lawsonia that are not infected when they're placed as wean pigs and then keep them not infected? I think it could be a possibility. And I think it we have the resources now to monitor them, like make sure that they're naive and negative going in and we can monitor them throughout those stages. So I think it's something that we we could do to determine if we could keep it out of a herd or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, it's a big, uh, big piece of information for the swine industry if we can do that, because um, uh, ignore the growing pigs for a second. If you can do that with growing batches of gilts, presumably you can populate sow farms with those growing batches of gilts. 
Um, right. and, and then you have a, a Lawsonian naive sow farm. And right. if, uh, if you have a Lawsonian naive sow farm, now all of a sudden you can routinely produce Lawsonian naive pigs, no different than we think of a mycoplasma naive sow farm or a Peru's naive sow farm. Um, right. So I think that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Do you know of anybody, Rachel, who's kind of picked up the baton on this research and advancing it forward or, or anybody who's even potentially trying to make some Lawsonian naive pigs yet? Um, so I know that when I was presented with this research project, it was kind of to get a basis of, you know, what what to expect. Because like I mentioned earlier, we we didn't know what we were going to find. And so I was sponsored by BI. And I know that since my research, a couple of different people have like reached out to me to continue the work. So I think there's something that is going on behind scenes that, um, that I might or anyone else might know about. Um, I personally don't know of anyone that's trying to populate a sound unit with Lasonia naive gilts, though. JBI helps swine producers fight against harmful pathogens with the forming power of D7 disinfectant. JBI helps treat or prevent costly outbreaks and assure eco-friendly biosecurity on farm and transport. Safe and effective against PED, PRRS, E. coli, salmonella, and other illness-causing pathogens. D7 is non-toxic, providing a safer environment for your employees, low corrosive to equipment, and breaks down biofilms. Learn more at jbidistributors.com. And you mentioned BI. Um, want to definitely thank the good folks at Beringer Ingelheim for, for sponsoring this work. Um, and, and John Waddell in particular, um, mm-hmm. you got to spend a lot of time with John. And I can assure you, Rachel, that uh, John and his career have has only had two interns that have not turned out well. And that is Aaron Lauer and myself. So <laughs> you, are, you are set up for success. I think you will follow the path of all the other ones that have turned out very well. Hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Rachel, for coming on to the show and and to the audience. Thank you for listening to the Swine Health Black Belt podcast. Please visit us if you have not yet at swinehealthblackbelt.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss out on our next episode when it airs next week. For Dr. Rachel Patton, my name's Clayton Johnson. Thanks for joining us today and please have a great rest of your day. Hey, everyone. We're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. If you have a swine health-related research trial and would like to come on the show to talk about it with me and share it with our audience, feel free to send an email to healthblackbelt at swineit.com, and we would love to take a look at your research. Mm